Welcome to Open Door Talks, a podcast series for independent musicians on how to navigate the music industry. I'm your host, Lex Luca, a music producer and DJ from London. I'll be talking to your favorite music makers about their journeys to success. Expect to hear a whole host of tips and tricks from seasoned professionals to help you move forward with your music. Follow Open Door Talks on your favorite podcast platform and head to opendoortalks.com for more information and resources. This is Open Door Talks, your guide on how to thrive in the music industry. My name is Lex Luca. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, we have the founder of Music Production for Women, Zylo Aria, in conversation. Zylo is also a talented artist, producer and songwriter, and she shares loads of tips and tricks for you guys to incorporate into your music. We discuss a whole range of topics from imposter syndrome and the importance of just showing up. Zylo also shares how she pushes out of her comfort zone and her approach to writing songs and finishing them. Now, I was pretty ill when we recorded this one, so you're going to hear that in my voice. I found the whole conversation really inspiring, and I hope you get some value from it too. Let's jump right in. So here we have Zylo. How are you? I'm very good. It's lovely to be here. It's great to see you again. It's been a while, and obviously it's early in the morning here in the UK. And where are you, and what time is it over there? I am in the Gold Coast in Australia, and it's just coming up to 7pm now. Nice. I must admit, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so I am conscious my voice is about three octaves lower. (laughs) Um, But let's jump right in. So please, can you introduce yourself? Sure thing. I'm Zylo Aria, and I am a down-tempo electronic R&B artist and producer, and also the founder of the teaching platform Music Production for Women. So tell us a bit about what you're up to at the moment. How's your music going? Yeah, good. It's been so good to get back into it. And I started music production for women, which we can talk about later, about four years ago. And it has taken a lot from me. I love it and I really, really enjoy it. But um, my music kind of fell off the wayside. And I think I meant to say off the wagon and by the wayside, I said off the wayside. Anyway, yeah, so that has been lovely now that MPW is becoming more stable and we have a great team that I'm able to spend some time on my music. And um, right now I'm in the middle of releasing an album. So I am releasing it track by track every uh, six weeks. So there have been three tracks come out so far foreign language caught up and alien and the next one called fighter plane will be out in november so yeah having a lot of a lot of fun with it very very cool are you releasing that track by track to work should we say with spotify the way that spotify works exactly right yeah i've often wondered about whether that is the best tactic i'd be very interested to see how that pans out I will let you know, I haven't done that before actually, but I just figured if I put all the tracks out together, then most of them probably won't get heard. So I just wanted them all to have their little time in the limelight. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, you can only submit one track for the Spotify playlist at a time, Mm. one track every three weeks. So uh, it feels like they have killed off the concept of an artist album. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've often wondered about just releasing track by track. Mm. Let's go back. 
what are your experiences and influences of music uh, uh, growing up? So I grew up listening to a lot of Indian pop music. So um, I was influenced a lot by that, uh, I think. And there's a composer called A.R. Rahman, and he is, for me, the most incredible musical genius I've ever heard. Like every genre, he makes music in that, composes for film. Um, it's just phenomenal. I think, uh, but also before that, even I got into music probably from uh, the influence of my grandmother and uh, and traditional Indian Carnatic music. And I think people say that even when they're listening to my music now, they can sort of hear those influences, which is cool because I don't really think about it and I don't feel like I try to do that. But I guess it's just. Yeah, part of what I've grown up with and listened to in my life. What was it about that music as a youngster that inspired you? I guess it felt like home. Like if I was with my family, if we were doing trips growing up or something, that's what would be playing in the car. And I, I think it felt familiar and it felt, like I said, like home. And even now I do go back to that kind of music as well when I am feeling maybe a little bit lost or don't know where my roots are and it kind of grounds me a little bit again. Yeah that's interesting Um, especially because you grew up in Melbourne right? I did so my family moved to Melbourne from India when I was seven so I was pretty young. Can you share a pivotal moment or experience you had as a youngster whether it was you know before you moved to Melbourne or, or during that time that you know it maybe inspired your artistic vision and set you on the path to to do music in your life mm, I don't know if there was anything when I was really young but I remember one moment I was in high school and back when like Australian Idol and things were big they had a little competition in high school and I went to Thomastown High School and it was called Thomastown Idol and I think I was probably 13, 14 years old and one of my friends said I should join and I did it and I remember there was kind of a concert thing and I was in year eight at the time, all the older kids were there that I thought were really cool and they called out my name and said to sing my song and I remember getting on stage and I was so nervous, like shaking. And then I started singing and I guess as most artists can relate, once you get into it, those nerves sort of start to disappear. And after that, I remember all these cool kids coming up to me saying, wow, that was incredible and I'm going to be your manager one day and all this stuff. And I just felt like a rock star. And I think it was that moment that made me think I should actually try this. And it's strange growing up for a long time, I didn't like my own singing voice, let alone talking voice. And I just didn't believe people especially my family when they said I had a nice voice so um, yeah I kind of needed external people to tell me that. So what were the steps then that you took to 
move towards becoming a, a solo artist and releasing music did you study music or you know were you playing instruments I didn't study music I started a lot of different instruments when I was in high school I did take vocal lessons in uh, high school and after that as well but I was one of those people that got really excited by lots of different instruments so I started everything but I also got bored very quickly so I didn't keep it up to a point where I was good at any instrument so I can play little bits of a few instruments but um, yeah I'm not great at any of them but uh, I didn't decide to study music after school I think largely because I felt like coming from an Indian background that it was not really going to be accepted by my family I don't know whether that was true or not, but I felt like I had to go down a more traditional or conventional path. So I ended up studying accounting and uh, I did that for a while. I got a corporate job, but all in the background, I was always making music. So I started writing songs from when I was about 12 and then I started working with other producers and then I was gigging. Um, so I'd do my corporate job and then go to in the evening and then uh, and then eventually I had a band as well during that time but then just my experiences weren't super positive with uh, the people that I was working with at that time and eventually being a solo artist just happened organically as what I needed to do to keep making music yeah and then eventually I got sick of my corporate job and then I quit that and moved from Australia to UK to do something really drastic. And then in the UK, I um, just threw myself into everything. Like went to so many different networking events and different places where I would meet other people in the industry. And eventually through that, the idea for music production for women came about. And then I quit all of my jobs and started building music production for women. That was about four and a half years ago now. And yeah, and that's one thing led to another and 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 has become what I do full time, which has been a, a really lovely journey that I'm really grateful for. With with its challenges, but also very fun. We will get into MPW a little bit later. Mm. When you were working towards that first release obviously yeah you said your experiences weren't so positive what was your experience do you, are you happy to talk about that kind of thing well like I the first few releases I had it was me as an artist working with other producers and when I say it wasn't the best experiences like there was lots of power games that are just so frustrating like people just saying I have to do this or I can't do that because they've produced it for me and I'm not allowed to do this or that or being hit on during a session and like all of these kind of frustrating experiences that you're thinking I just want to make music like why is all of this annoying thing part of it and, and hindering from just creating and putting out music so that was part of it also um just working with, I guess, bands can can be unreliable anyway. But those releases I kind of put to one side and then I feel like 
where my career really started was when I started releasing music that I made myself. And the first track that I released that I produced as well was really scary because I didn't rate myself as a producer at all. In fact, I felt like a huge imposter that people would listen to my track and then tell me that, you know, who's the crazy person that's produced this this song. But that's not the response I got. In fact, people that I really admired in the industry said like, whoa, that's amazing. I can't believe that you just did that yourself and, and you've only started recently. And um, that, that was an amazing experience. And from that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I had all the skills all along and I could have done it myself from long ago. So then after that first release, I had a couple more singles and then um, two EPs that I put out that I released myself and then now I'm uh, doing this album. What an amazing journey that obviously didn't start with the most positive experiences but I'm really interested to know what steps you took from you know working with other people working with other producers I assume and engineers and in the band to being able to do it all yourself what were the steps you took to to learn those things so largely online I just was teaching myself while I was working full-time there are so many resources out there now as we all know and that's a good and a bad thing because it's all there for you but because it's all there there's no structure to your learning so you're just kind of fumbling your way around and hoping that you find the next video uh, that's the right thing for you to watch so that's how things went along for a while i went to a lot of different producer forums and things but i often felt like the odd person out because i was one of the few women in, in those rooms and so I, I kind of went there and then felt like, oh, maybe it's not for me. So a lot of it was kind of self-learning. And then I did have some some lovely friends that, that helped out along the way that I could ask a few questions to as well. So, yeah, so that was the main journey. And, um, you know, I, I think it's obviously much faster to learn with people and uh which is why PW was created because I thought that journey could be better than it was for me. But but I got there in the end and, and it was great when I realised that I had the skill to do that. Can you tell me about your um, the impo- imposter syndrome that you experienced? It's certainly something I relate to. How did you overcome that? I know that's something that really stops people from even mm. moving forward, even yeah. releasing music, even finishing music. So were there any things that you did to um, power through that mental challenge? Yes, loads of things, actually. And I remember there was a year when I was living in London where I was like, right, I need to change a few things about myself because what I've been doing up till now has got me to a certain point and it's not going to help me get to where I want to go. And I am a pretty big introvert myself and I, yeah, didn't feel comfortable in big groups of people and things, but I challenged myself to put myself in situations that I found daunting and just give myself little goals to just slightly stretch things every time so maybe it's just one find a networking event and go like even if I don't talk to anyone just show up 
so that I've done that. And then once you do it once, every time feels a bit less scary. And then after I did that once, I was like, right, next time I go, I need to speak to one new person that I don't know. And then, you know, maybe next time it's two, something like that, so that you're slightly stretching that comfort zone every time. And, um, and, and yeah, and then I kind of looked for whenever I felt that, that barrier. And, like, one, it's a bit of a funny and personal story but like one thing I remember I um there was someone in a circle and then I I was thinking oh um I was like oh maybe I should ask this person out because like girls never ask guys out and like that immediately I felt this huge amount of anxiety I was like oh my god I can't do that like how scary is that and as soon as I felt that I was like I need to do it because this you know I that will allow me to grow in a way that maybe other things won't so anyway I did and it didn't it didn't work out which is fine but um just again like identifying these things that scare me and then pushing myself to do it because it scares me so that helps me so so much and also identifying when well identifying also the bad things that can happen from that like what is the worst thing that's going to happen like if you go to a networking event and you speak to someone maybe you know what's the worst that's going to happen they they might not talk to you for too long like they're not going to be that rude that they're not even going to have a conversation with you and, and that's okay. That's not the worst thing in the world. So I think that's something I do even now as well is trying to think about what's the worst case scenario and then that puts things in perspective and you think, well, that's not the end of the world if that's what happens. So let's do it. That's really valuable advice. I think the baby steps are just going step by step, pushing out slightly every time into, into a new comfort zone is a really powerful um technique yeah. what is your approach to songwriting is there a particular method that you take to write your songs do you start with lyrics or a melody or something else so for me it's quite different every time so for example my latest release alien started with a baseline so i had this baseline in my head and I put that down straight away and everything sort of built around that. Um, other times, because I am a vocalist predominantly, I'll create some sort of beat, which I may or may not use as it is, but then just jam over it with loads of lyric and melody ideas and then build something around that. Yeah, I guess mostly it's... Uh, it is that vocal way, but like I said, sometimes it's a bass line or sometimes it's finding a sample that really inspires you. And, and yeah, like one track, Hover, there's this really cool saxophone sample that I found and then that just it, it kind of makes up the, the meat of that song. So, uh, so yeah, so it's not one, one process every time. Do you find it easy to finish music? Oh, I don't know. Does any artist find it easy <laughs> to finish music? I think I should learn from them. Um, but I think I'm getting better at it. And 
I think it for me has been realizing that it, it's stopping me from creating new music. This backlog of stuff that's unfinished is like this load on my mind that's stopping me from making new stuff because a part of my mind is probably thinking, you know, what's the point of making anything new because no one's going to hear it anyway. So now I've been pushing myself to not only finish but also release music. I've never thought about that, that the old unfinished music is stopping me from making new music, but I've certainly got lots of new ideas. <laughs> uh, what's your technical setup and uh, are there any particular tools that you can't live without? Oh, my setup is quite simple. It's like, I don't know if there's anything that I could really not live without. The most important thing is my laptop. Like, I, I couldn't do without that. Like, especially the fact that it's a Mac as well, I just want to say, because I've had a PC for ages and have been a, a devout, like, non-Apple person. And then when I got my Mac, it was, it's changed my life so intensely. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's definitely worth the investment as a musician. So the Mac for sure. Other than that, especially running a teaching platform and things, I try and use what's in the box. So like I use Ableton to produce. So what I'm finding is that everything's in there you know everything I need is in there and it's much better for me to know my tools really well rather than to have a million plugins and, and fancy tools that I don't know how to use very well and now I find that even if I don't have the perfect tool for it I can combine a few things and get the sound that I want aside from that like I, I do have a few MIDI controllers I don't use them all the time um, I have my studio monitors, um, my Yamaha HS7s, which I love, and, um, and then, yeah, I have an audio interface. That's an Orient ID14. and a few different pairs of headphones, which are handy to check mixes on. But, yeah, like I'm very much of the belief that you don't need loads of things to, to make great music. What's your experience of writer's block? And do you have any techniques to overcome it? So this is a more recent thing that I've been doing, which has helped me a lot. And that is time blocking. So my calendar these days is pretty intense with every minute being allocated to something. And in that I have chunks of time, which are for music making. And as much as I can, I just try and turn up to that time and do something. It, you know, I may not love it, but just to know that that three hours of time I'm going to be making something and then I will also stop at the end of that three hours of time because you can feel really into it and then keep going and going until you're really not into it and then it becomes this memory of not a fun time. So Usually I get to that three-hour point and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like I want to keep going, but I'll, I'll just leave it there and say I'll continue in the next chunk of time. And I started doing that after reading the book called The War of Art, and that is 
by a writer and he mentions that the most important thing is showing up and doing your time and not worrying. Did you write 10 pages or 100 pages or whatever it is in that time? But if you have enough of those times chunked together, then you are sure to come up with something eventually. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I do, there's some really great nuggets of wisdom in that book. Can you share a failure or a setback in your career that has set you up for success later on? Well, I wouldn't call this a failure, but there was a long time in my life where I was wondering why I studied accounting and why I had a career in that. And and I used to think I wish I just went straight into music because it would have been such a better use of my time. I could have saved years of my life, all this stuff. But now running a business, that skill I'm so grateful for because it, it's hard to learn the financials and how accounting works if you're not from that background at all. So having that, we as a small business have some pretty sophisticated budgets and systems, uh, which I'm so grateful for and and I understand the value of it now, even though I didn't then. My mum always wanted me to be an accountant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Open Door, obviously we run songwriting camps and you know one of the key aspects is to bring musicians together to connect and create and collaborate uh, what are your methods for collaborations how do you get the best out of your collaboration sessions oh, this is something that I wish I did more of and I'm trying to do more of now so there aren't a whole lot of collaborations that I've successfully worked on I think there have been a few that we've got in a session and tried something and maybe it hasn't worked out perfectly but um, there are a couple that worked really well and um, one particularly was a track called MRI and I worked on that with two other producers one of them was a songwriter as well and initially I didn't know how that was going to go because we all had production skills and previously how my experience has been as an artist is the producer brings the production and I bring the lyrics and the, the vocals. But this actually ended up working so beautifully. Like I remember there'd be three of us in the room and two of us would be kind of sitting back listening to what one person's doing and then one of us would have an idea and then we kind of swap, swap chairs and then the next person would take over the production from there. And that was really fun and organic. And um, it did end at a point where it was sort of 70% done and it sat there for ages, but I loved the track, you know. I, I was like, guys, let's just finish it. But it didn't happen. And then in the end, I finished it myself, um, but their contribution was huge and, and I would still call that very much a collaboration. So that was really fun. Another collaboration I did was with a rapper called Stacey Fox and that was where I pretty much had the song done and I just had a couple of verses that needed some rap so um, Stacey came around and then we recorded the vocals in my studio and that was pretty easy actually as a collaboration as well just all came together um, so those are the two that stand out 
why do you think they've stood out? Like, what have you? Did you approach them in a certain way that that made them stand out? That's an interesting question. Like, I think one thing was that the collaborations that haven't worked out, I would say, a big part of that was me because it was often with people that I felt to be intimidated by. And immediately I felt like I couldn't put out my ideas because maybe they'd be judged or maybe this person would think it's stupid or something like that. With these two people, I think it was a little bit more of a friendship and I felt more comfortable to just put out my ideas and didn't really worry what they thought. So maybe that was what it was. I've never really thought about it before until, yeah, looking into it now. So thanks. That makes sense. <laughs> it's interesting. The people that I've spoken to who have a lot of experience with collaborating and songwriting in groups, they find that often it's it's really the kind of the background of, I would call the background of being related and really like getting to know each other. So it might be, mm -hmm. you might spend 80% of the time getting to know each other and then 20% of the time making the track. Mm -hmm. I know in my experience, sometimes when I've worked with new people, I'll just jump straight in and make music and actually it doesn't really work like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're humans and I've learned the hard way in that respect. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, what are the metrics or indicators that you use to measure your own success? Oh, I love questions like these. <laughs> I feel like this has changed for me over time. And most recently, it's about happiness, really. Like, what would make me happy? And the more I've thought about this, the more it's just experiences, you know, like, um, allowing me to enjoy my time um, doing a variety of different things. And I think running MPW, I, I love that and, and I love being able to work with a variety of people and seeing changes and improvements in their life as a result of what we do with them. So, yeah, seeing their success helps me feel successful. And also, just like I said, I don't know, having the time, the luxury of time to do different things. Like I love being outdoors and I love being in nature. So, like going camping and and recently we were trying to, me and my partner, think about what new things can we do to add experiences to our life. And we live in this beautiful place um now we're, we're surrounded by kind of waterways and we thought let's buy like a little boat just for the sake of having one and then we got our boat license and then we got this little boat and now we're kind of learning to drive that and we've had a few hairy situations already but like just having a, a wide variety of experiences for me adds so much richness and joy to my life and for me that's success you know like it's not um I don't know maybe it would be great to be a humongous you know worldwide sensation artist or something like that but like I don't know if that's really for me like I don't think I would enjoy 
not being able to go camping where no one knows who I am or, um, or just be able to enjoy the little things without the stardom or, or something. I, I don't know. So for me, it's just about happiness. Often you find the people who have experienced all of that fame and fortune come back to exactly that. They want the happiness. They want the small things in life, you know, really the, the camping trips and the, yeah. the buying a boat, the little things, you know, what could be called the little things, but actually they're the things that really matter the most, aren't they? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm, that's fascinating. So um, you're releasing your album as single tracks what are you learning from that and what are you well let's start with that what are you learning from that what i'm learning firstly is to not be too tied to the results and i think that's something that's so hard as an artist when you put your heart and soul and time into creating something that's so true to who you are and you love these creations and you want everyone else to love them as well. And to, yeah, to not worry if you don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people listening to it, but just to realise that there's a person behind every listen. You know, even if it's 10 streams, that's 10 people listening to that track and for that impacting them in some way in their life. So just to acknowledge that and, and not not compare with other people and what's happening with them because that's a sure way to make myself not release music again if I, if I do that. And that's what I have done for a long time. So I think with every release, and this is a bit like we were talking about growing your comfort zone potentially with every release you you feel a little bit more okay with you know whatever's going to happen is going to happen you'll do your best for it but you can only do your best and that's it tell us about music production for women what is it why did you start it so music production for women is a teaching platform and the main aim is to empower and encourage more women in the music production space so it essentially is what I wish existed when I first got into production as an artist. So the main aim is to help artists that maybe have experienced some form of similar experiences to what I have and just to show them that they have the ability and the skill to be able to do this themselves. And we have uh, a number of free or nominal charge events throughout the year and these are a great way to just dip your toes into it and see if it's something that you might like and often the response that we get from people that come to these are that wow I didn't realize that it's not rocket science you know like it, it feels like something that is achievable which I love to hear and then Aside from those events, the core of what we do is a one-year program. So we run um, weekly masterclasses, we have mentoring sessions, we have listening sessions, we interview professionals on people's music, uh, just kind of providing all the support that an artist needs, not only to produce and release their music, but um, 
also to create a bit of strategy around what they're doing, understand what their goals are, also look at what's important to them as a person and to tie their goals around that rather than what everyone thinks you should be going for. And is it you doing the production masterclasses and the mentoring? How does that work? So I do the mentoring. Uh, The classes I run uh, only the planning and the music business and the production level one and then the rest of the topics um, which is production level two, music theory, songwriting, mixing, a little bit of mastering, all of those are run by uh, other teachers that we work with. All of them are phenomenal people and really great educators. Can you tell me a bit more about how it works then? If I was to sign up, what would I, um, I'd get one masterclass a week. Do I have to say different tutors each week or how does it work? So the year is split up into sort of 12 or 13 topics of different lengths. So they're kind of chunks of a few weeks where we go through topics um, during those weeks. So uh, they might vary from between three weeks to five or six weeks on a topic and we'll have teachers for each of those and then you also have monthly one-to-one mentoring sessions with me we have like group mentoring sessions group listening sessions it's all done online so it doesn't matter where you're located as an artist so that's all good so you will build that community as well so the community is a huge huge part of it and what we often get as feedback that they didn't realize that meant so much to them and having that community and and safe space it sounds exceptional it sounds like a really powerful place to learn and grow and develop how has the community impacted musicians can you share maybe a success story yeah so there are a few i think one theme that comes out of it which means a lot to me is when people say that it's amazing that we've got some technical skills and been able to learn to produce and all of that but they often come back saying my confidence has grown in a way that I never ever thought it would and that that's helped so many different areas in their life not only in music but even uh, in music when, when you're talking about collaborations or working with other people it's changed the outcomes because they're they're more confident they feel like they can stand up for themselves and they work with people because they want to rather than because they feel like they have to to create and finish this music so I love to hear that um, from them as well and there are some people for example one of our uh, ex-students she she's a mum she's uh, in her 50s and she is now doing music full-time and she has gotten syncs she's uh, got music publishing deals she's been writing for um, short films and now feature films as well and uh, that's been phenomenal to see incredible so if you're if you want to brush up on your production skills and if you're maybe lacking a bit of confidence I assume it's just for women it's not just for women. So it's music production for women, but it's not just women. So anyone that wants to be part of it and attend, I would say please come along. And uh, it was called Music Production for Women 
for purely SEO reasons um, to come, <laughs> you know, put us in front of the audience that we are looking to serve. But I really believe that the conversation needs to be had with everyone in the industry, particularly men, to make any change in the industry. Um, there's no point us talking about this to women all the time because, yeah, nothing's going to change then. What's the most surprising lesson that you've learned from running MPW? Hmm. Maybe one is developing a thick skin in a way, like particularly when I first started MPW, I would get a few messages on our Instagram pages that would be quite abusive and often from women, very sadly, just saying things like, oh, you know, this is stupid, it's, it's the worst idea and you're, we're actually uh, degrading women by having a platform like this and, that, you know, women have the same brain as men so why do we need to have a separate platform, all of these things and... Um, it used to really upset me at first because I was like, oh, these are the people we're trying to help and, and they don't see the value in it. And I used to try and send these long messages to show them that we're actually trying to help and all this stuff. But I've realised, actually maybe this is the lesson, is that there are certain people that are never going to be on your side and to not worry about them and not spend your energy chasing them because. For everyone that's not on your side, there probably are five that are and are willing to. So just focus on them and you'd much rather find the people that want to be working with you rather than trying to convince the people that don't. The internet's so weird in that respect, isn't it, that you actually just have a random stranger who you've got no idea the context and there's a message from them, there's some words written on a computer screen and, and it's not very positive towards what you're doing. You're like... It's just weird, isn't it? It's just a weird concept if you think about it. It is, it is. We often get fixated on those, you know, not just for a, a business, but for our own music. We often get fixated on those words, those messages. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. You know, in the whole in the whole grand scheme of the universe and life, it's just so uh, so weird, isn't it? It's difficult to get perspective on it. It is, it is. And I was actually talking to someone about this who has a psychology background and she mentioned that for humans we so much want to be liked and accepted by everyone because back in the day, you know, hunter-gatherer times or even before that, if we weren't accepted, it probably meant death because we're going to be just outcasted from the group and you needed the group for survival so maybe that's a reason that our brains are designed to look for the people that don't like you and try and change that but it's now it doesn't make sense in, in our life today yeah that's, that's actually a very good point what have you got in store for mpw and how can our listeners uh, be a part of it so the best way to be updated on what we've got going on is probably to go on the website so musicproductionforwomen.com and often we have our latest resources on the front page we have a mailing list there that you can join to um, get the latest on, on what's uh, what's coming up 
So at the moment, we're uh, trialing for the first time a series called Empower Her Sound, and that's a three-part workshop series, which is on um, music production, music business, and um, mixing as well. So that has actually been uh, really popular, so potentially we'll run that again. But usually in January, we do our biggest live online event, which is a one-day event of loads of different masterclasses, and it's a free event. So uh, that's probably what we want to look out for. I, I will mention as well, if the one-year program is something that people are interested in as well, uh, the best thing would be to join the waitlist, which is on our homepage as well, and we know when it's open for that. Great, and that's musicproductionforwomen.com. Yeah. Fantastic. And you have a podcast as well, right? We do indeed. It's just called MPW Podcast. And what's on the podcast? We have loads of different resources on production. So that it started off as a music production podcast, but now it's just become a music industry podcast. So I feel really lucky to be talking to so many different incredible guests from different parts of the industry. It's all designed to give uh, DIY and independent artists resources um, around being a career. It's a really, really great resource, Zyla. I just want to congratulate you on what you've built. It's really, really incredible. I'm looking forward to how it progresses in the future. Thank you. For someone just starting out in music production, what are the first three actions you think they should take? Okay. So the first thing I would say is to start with what you have. So don't worry about going out there and spending loads of money on equipment. Just start with what you have. All you need is a laptop and a pair of headphones. You can get a pair of headphones for like $100 that are decent. So that's one. Second thing is find a community if you can because learning to produce, of course, we have our own home studios and all of that, and it can become a bit of a lonely and solo process which you know it might be okay for you but it's a lot more fun if you find a community that you can relate to to be sharing tips and tricks with as well and lastly I would say that of course you can learn on your own but if you want to save loads of time and if you want to like order your learning time find someone to to learn off and I feel like I've learned that the hard way in everything that I've done which is creating a business even learning to produce and often it's been maybe to save money and you think I'll just do it myself but then not realizing the value of your own time and often it's worth just paying someone to do it or, or to learn from and then just saving so much time and then doing something else with that time so that's a skill that uh, yeah that took me a while to learn and now I'm very much for it if there's something I don't like doing and that uh you know I could, someone else could do faster I very much love the outsourcing <laughs> yeah I think outsourcing is really important I think it's a common myth bit of smoke and mirrors that goes on in the music industry that every superstar dj is also does all of their production mm. and everything else themselves mm. and actually it takes you know big teams of people um you know production 
partners or engineers or you know pr and social media experts and everything else to create those big superstars so i think it's you know something that really should be encouraged what's one piece of conventional wisdom in the music industry that you disagree with i think one is that things have to be perfect before you put them out i would say do not worry about that like people will say don't put it out unless it's your best thing and unless you have all your ducks in a row until you have six weeks out and then all your social media ready all of that stuff like if you're waiting for that you're never going to find it and it's not going to be perfect and you'll get better every time sometimes maybe you'll get worse but that's fine as long as you are sharing music I think it's so much better than that perfection game which you'll never achieve anyway it's so so true and I think most startups and companies they live off this idea now of actually you just got to launch you got to do something and then learn from it mm. but until you're actually putting stuff out until you're doing stuff you're never going to learn that's a really great bit of um, advice what are some quick wins aspiring musicians can achieve to boost their confidence and momentum mm. i think boosting your confidence kind of for me comes a little bit back to what we were saying about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone every time. And for me, it gives me a big boost whenever I've done a thing that was scary, but I've done it anyway. And that confidence has grown a little bit every time. So I think it's a lot of little decisions that will grow your confidence. It's not going to happen overnight from one thing that you do. And other quick wins... I guess, yeah, trying just not to overthink things. Like maybe, again, coming back to the perfectionism, if it's kind of good enough and if you're proud of it, just let it go and and, and move on to the next thing rather than obsessing over things. If you could challenge our listeners to do one thing in the next week to advance their music careers, what would it be? I would say find people that you admire and hit them up because the networking thing is huge and it's everything like your network is your network which i've heard before and listeners may have heard as well but keep working on that network and just be genuine about it i think no one wants to be hit up when they know someone just wants something from them but just being really genuine about what is it that you admire about this person? What made you get in touch with them? And when I first did this, actually, I noticed that a lot of the albums that I loved all had the name Matt Colton on them as the mastering engineer. And I was like, who is this person? I must talk to him. And I found uh, the studio that he worked at and I sent him an email and I just said that, you know, I was like, hi Matt, your name has appeared on all of my favourite albums and I admire your work so much and, you know, I'm an artist and I'm trying to enter the industry or whatever, I can't remember exactly what I said. But then I just said, would you be available for uh, a coffee just for me to pick your brain for, for half an hour? And 
it took him about two months to respond. He's pretty busy. You know, I'm surprised he even responded. But he said, uh, oh, Zylo, I'm, I'm sorry this got lost in the mail, uh, in the inbox or something. Um, and, yeah, sure, you know, if you're available next week, feel free to come around or something. And I was over the moon. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this person. And I was telling my mum and she's like, who and what is a mastering engineer? I don't know. But, um, uh, but yeah, like that was the start for me. And then I just... I do it all the time now, you know, and it's not scary at all. But the first few times you do it, it, it will be, but that is what's going to pay off. Mm, just hit people up. Love that. So we're just coming to the end of the conversation. I'm so grateful for all the time you spent with us today. What are your top three tips for independent musicians? The perfectionism thing is a huge part of it. And um, I would say just take yourself seriously as well. Like, I know as artists sometimes we can feel like so much of this scene is quite saturated and and feels like you're asking everyone a favour to either listen to your music or include it in a blog or something, but come to that from a place of confidence and know that you also have something of value to bring either the blog or the playlist or, or whatever it is that you're trying to pitch for. Um, I think it comes across in a different way rather than pleading for, for something. Um, so that, and, and also I would say the last one is to be ready for the long game because it's not a short-term, it's not a short-term thing. And if, if you're going to only put six months into it, then I would say don't bother because it's going to take you a lot longer if you really want to turn it into something that is more of a career. So do whatever you need to do to make sure you can be in it. And actually I'm going to add another one there, which is make sure that you have some sort of income to survive to make sure you can do it as a long-term game. Don't get into a position where you have no money and you're struggling because, yeah, how are you going to keep doing that? You know, it's, it's just not sustainable. Mm. Great tips. Thank you. And then final question before we wrap up, can you share a valuable piece of advice or a mantra that has guided you on your musical journey? I think doing what feels right and true to yourself and that can take a while for you to learn and I know it did for me as well I used to try and do things because I thought that's what I should do or that's who people want me to be but you realize that none of that like it all comes across fake if you're trying to do it for the wrong reasons so to if, if you're not sure about the decision think about it and think if you went one way, how would you feel? And if you went the other way, how would you feel? And whichever one feels more right. I guess I'm just talking about falling your gut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so go with your gut. <laughs> That's a great way to finish. Zylo Aria, thank you so much for joining us here on Open Door Talks. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Open Door Talks today. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the love and share it with a friend. We've also got a Spotify playlist 
featuring the music from the podcast. So make sure you check that out and head to opendoortalks.com for more information and resources. <laughs>